0: If you have your Bibles, and I trust that you do. How was the youth convention? How was the youth convention? According to um, Aaron and Jake, It was awesome. They really enjoyed it. Maybe they enjoyed it more than the kids did. I don't know. Or maybe the kids are half asleep. I don't know. But it was really a good time. And and I appreciate all those being willing to go and help them and assist them. And I appreciate Nadasha uh, girding up her loins and buckling her belt and and hanging off for the trip and and going to be with the kids. Uh, If you go to Job chapter 1, I'm going to start there. If you have lived any at all, you have made decisions that you have regretted, you have wished that you had not done things, Um, and I could ask you, what do you wish you had not done? Don't tell me, but what do you wish you had not done? You know, that new car is great till about the fifth or sixth payment. It's just great i you was know, so proud of it. You're, you're, we live on a county road out here in gravel, and, and uh, after you get in, if you get a new vehicle and you go out there about one time in the summer or whenever, uh, it's either covered in dust or it's covered in mud, one or the other. So you just make your decision. Everything's always going to look like it's been beat up if it's driven or used. But um, I wish I had not. What? I wish I had not left my spouse. I wish I had not entered into the affair. I wish not, I had. I wish I had not done this or that, or I quit so soon. I wish I made better decisions. Decisions. Uh, I hadn't had that abortion. There's a lot of things that we have that we wish that we hadn't done. But the way that God is is gracious and He's full of mercy and He's always willing to take us back. I, I love that song that we just sang. They could have sung it for another 10 minutes or so. Maybe some of you are going, Well, really? But it just speaks to my heart. And the, the best part about that whole song is I envision I want to get a video of this. Don't to take one real quick. But I envision the Lord coming to a place and coming to a door like a SWAT guy. I'm on the other side. I'm stuck and nobody's there to help me. He just comes in, bam, kicks it open. And I go, Yeah. And that's exactly how I envision when they're singing that song and, and the lie that he will tear down when people said things and insinuate things that it's in a negative, a negative mode. Everything is about protecting us. He wants something better for us than what we ever really think. And go to Job and I'm gonna kind of go into a little bit about Job. and Job chapter one, we've all heard messages after messages. But really, everything Everything in this story, although it started bleak and it talked about the history of him and, and, and verse five, it says that Job himself, uh, and it was so when the days of the feast were gone that Job sent, sent and sacrificed them, sacrificed them, and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may have been that my sons has, have sinned and cursed God in their hearts and this." Job did continually. He was paranoid about something happening wrong, and many times we have things that happen wrong. We are just paranoid about them, and it controls us, and we don't have any peace about anything in our in our life. And then the chapter two, or read chapter one. He uh, lost everything he had in verse eighteen. While she was yet speaking. There came another and said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in the elders' brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind of the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men. And only I am escaped to tell thee. And Job arose and ripped his mantle and shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither." And the Lord, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he didn't sin in all these things. And it's horrible, all that he went through. Then you go to chapter two, and everything that he had, he had ever done in his life was, was pro- prosperous, and he'd been so victorious. And now all of a sudden, everything's coming against him. So after he lost all his kids, and the heartbreak, and the heartache of that, in chapter two, Satan went that forth to, from the presence of the Lord, and smote Job with sore boils. From the sole of his feet, to his crown, and he took him a pot shirt to scrape himself And he sat down among the ashes, I'm going to slow down. And he said, and his wife said to him, "Dist thou still retain thy integrity?" Now I' want to stop here for just a minute, because he had lost all of his kids, and then he had lost his health. But you know, something that was more important to him than any one of the other two, and it should be to you this morning, is that he began to lose his wife. Not, not to her commitment, not to her heart with him, but she, he lost her emotionally. I, I couldn't imagine Wanda. I could not imagine her. If we had lost our kids to some tragedy, and then I'd come down to sickness, and, and she would just begin to say, well, what else? Just give up. And it wasn't in a negative sense, but that would lose her, because I, I could go imagine going to bed every night hearing, talking for two days about all the things we could have done. What if we had done this? Oh, that was a little joke. But it's amazing. He would lose her. Now what else in life is there than your kids and your health and your spouse? What else? What else matters? All the belongings he had was, was one thing, but when he lost his kids, that was the thing he was concerned about. Then he had his health. He was concerned about that. Then he lost, and a sense, I think he lost his wife. Look in verse, chapter 42. Chapter two is a, a for God, back, God brought back this blessing in his life. Look in chapter two, verse seven. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, said to Eliphaz the Timite. My wrath is kindled against thee and thy two friends. You have not spoken to me the thing that is right of my servant Job. Therefore have taken to you now seven bullocks and seven rams and go, and go to my servant Job and offer for yourselves a burnt offering. And for my servant Job pray for you. And my servant Job shall pray for you. And him will I accept lest I deal with you after your folly and have spoken the thing right in my servant Job. Let me, I'm gonna cut through the chase here. Everything about Job's life he went through it showed. It gave him an opportunity to show who he really was. And although he went through about 38 chapters, 39 chapters, 38 I think, about trying to justify himself and that there's not sin in my life, but there was this constant a, a, a reason to respond to all of his friends' questions about how innocent he was, and he was really a good guy. But then this, this chapter here, chapter 42, God began to deal with the ones who were making accusations. Has anybody ever come up to you when things have not went so good and, and began to question you? Something else would go bad and you begin to question why, why do you think this happened? Or why do you think the, the, the result of this is? And, and you begin to think that they're looking down on you. And so the Lord told them to make appeasements to uh, him, to make a sacrifice and to go to him and he'll pray for him. But I'll look, I'll look in verse 10. And Job turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Captivity. What was he captive to? He was captivated by the things in his life that he didn't understand. He didn't understand why he had the boils on his body. He didn't understand why he lost ten kids. He didn't understand why all the things he had was all taken. Why? And many times we. Day in and day out, week in, week out, we're at church and we have a captivated mind because of things. Things we don't understand and things that we complicate by more spending more time on them. God had high regard for Job. And Job turned the captivity and God and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Does that not does that of truth to you? How we get so hung up in, in things that don't really matter. It's about giving out. Then also the Lord gave Tosh as much as he had before, and he He came therefore. Then there came unto him all his brother and all his sisters, and all of them had been his acquaintance before. And did he bread with him in his house, and they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had allowed and brought upon him. Every man gave him a piece of money and every one an earring. So the Lord blessed the latter end of more Job, Job more than the beginning, for he had fourteen thousand sheep, a whole bunch of oxes, whole bunch of difference. And verse, look in verse thirteen, and he also had seven sons and three daughters. Nowhere in scripture, in the Old Testament especially, very few times, only a couple times I think, that there was uh, references made to the daughters. But here he makes great reference to verse 14. And he gave the name of the first, Jemama, and the second, Keza, or Keza, and the name of, that right there, and all the land where no women so found so fair as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. You may wonder about that. I believe it's so changed, it's so thinking changed. The way they used to be, they only gave inheritance to the sons, and the sons would go out and they'd provide for their families. And then the girl would marry a guy with another inheritance, but he even gave them a, an inheritance. Man, I had a very important thought in my head. When I was uh, a lot younger, I was about, probably wasn't, me. I was just married a few years. And I, I told this once before, I used to go around singing this song, I was notorious, immature, very immature, when I got married, and, and I made up a little song. Anybody ever make up songs? As, okay, well, I'm the only one. Oh, me and Ben? Okay, Ben. So Ben, you were immature too when you got married. So, so um, I made this song up, If I Had 10 Million Dollars. I would not be here. I would be out chasing all those white deer. I used to sing that. I sing that often and... What was my point in that? I don't know. <laughs> It'll come back to me on the next point, probably. But the thing that was so good is that God restored everything that Job had and doubled it. He gave him his wife back. You know, it took about 10 years to have 10 kids. And they were probably pretty far in age. But he said he lived 140 years. And he got to see all the, all the children raised and them have kids and them have kids and them have kids. And he lived a very full life. But isn't it amazing that us in the middle of our mess that we're in, we begin to question God. And instead of running to him for the word this morning, we run away from him. We come to church Once a year, or maybe all the time, but we never open our heart up and run to the Lord. Why is that? Why is it we don't give him a chance because things are happening in our our time span? Let's go to the next one. I'm gonna skip the next one. It's about Joseph. And Joseph went through all the things he had and he just got sold into slavery and he went, he got uh, brought into Poffer's house and he was falsely accused and he, he got thrown into jail and he was in jail for about, about 12 to 13 years and, and he served there. And finally he, he gave um, great counsel to uh, the Pharaoh and the Pharaoh brought him out and brought him into the kingdom. But it takes time. I know that whenever... Um, I have gout. I don't have it now. Thank the Lord I haven't ate anything, caused it too much in about two or three weeks. But when I have it, if I ate a bunch of red meat that I shouldn't eat or I do something I shouldn't do, I hurt real bad. It's usually in this foot or in this ankle, and I, I want instant healing. Lord, can you not heal it? Can you not heal it? He said, why do you have to eat that? Do you have to eat that? So I, now I've learned after 50, okay. So what I do, I abstain from certain things or right, limited amounts of it. When we are delivered, we are the ones who reach other people. Man. One of the biggest things that people in, in church, and, and once we have a, an eye-opening experience, we have an encounter, is that Satan doesn't want you, the one who have got this issue, this one who, who may have a, a problem with a variety of things in your life, but you finally get victory over this one thing, and then he always come back at you to try to take it away because he don't want you to be used, you don't want to use what God has given you to reach other people. Uh, examples like this. Let's say a... Uh, uh, let's say I'm a drug addict. Let's say um, I've got a terrible problem using and, and uh, I've used for a while and I'm just, I'm just damned, to, I'm just stuck and, and I can't get out of it and I'll never be any different and so I'm just gonna live, even though it's just hidden for most people, I'm just gonna live this way anyway. That's exactly what Satan wants me to think. When I got free from this thing and I began to live in liberty, I could then begin to reach out and tell other people what good thing this God has done in my life. Her hair's restored my life back, my wife back, my kids back, my work back. But for some reason, we think that we're the one that's a victim and that we're beyond help. You are the one, you are the one who God wants to use the most and so powerfully because of your, your freedom that you now have. What do you think you will be enticed with? Was it the, the thing of your past to take you back down that path? To think, you? oh, I'm just, I'm just stuck this way. No, you're not. You're the greatest threat to the enemy. You are the greatest threat to the enemy. Your testimony, your restoration. God gave Joseph everything at his fingertips he had, but the thing he didn't have is he didn't have his family. And all the times that Joseph went through his things, he always retained his integrity. He was always a man of, of character. And then he got his family back in the, in the last of And I want to read this. I want to make this one quote to you. Uh, Genesis 41. I believe it's 41. It doesn't matter where it is. It's, the last, it's chapter 50. He said, what you meant for good, God meant for, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. How many times did the enemy cause things to happen and sticks a monkey wrench in. Just does things to try to disrupt the flow from working in our life. And he gets us all upset and we panic and we throw in the towel. Joseph never did. Man, I got, just come here and stand for just a second. Nikki Cruz is a a Gangster. Drugs, power, money. But when he got saved, he was able to reach those who had the same background he did. And sometimes we get so caught up in the fear of things, we're never able to be completely restored. There's a guy in, in John chapter 5, I'm, I'm going to condense this. In John chapter 5, there was a guy that there was... Sitting at the at the water of Bethesda for thirty eight years, and he sat there always wanting, always, or at least he always in a sense he wanted things. But we'll look at just read this verse real quick. And a certain man was there and had an infirmity for 38 years. And when he, Jesus saw him, he knew that he had been there a long time in that case. And he said unto him, will you be made whole? And I know we've heard this spoken. I've spoken heard it other places. The impotent man answered and said, sir, I have no man to help me. Isn't it amazing? Even it, isn't it amazing when I had people who would bring me there to the water. I mean, I would have them have me. You know how you, if you're married and you ever get mad at your spouse and you go to bed and you know your, your your wife or your husband is hugging the outside seam of that mattress. You know how that's. anybody ever been there? I mean, they're just sitting on the edge. And a little a breath of breath of air can blow them off, and they're just laying there. If I was that blind guy for thirty eight years, or whenever somebody took me down there, I would fall in. I wouldn't matter what it was. But he had grown accustomed to his. His sickness. And he never really wanted. Let me tell you how I know it didn't really want healing. Later in that verse, stay with me. When Jesus said, take up your mat, he gave him a command, he picked up his bed and he walked. And everybody was freaking out about it because the Lord did a lot of healing on on the Sabbath and, and that day they did too, but about 14, yeah, 14 Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple. Listen to this. And said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more. In other words, make sure your mindset doesn't go back to how it used to be. And I began to think about this. How important is it that you and I can be restored, but we can all restore when we keep our mind right? And if your mind is wrong, you will not be restored, but if your mind is right... And you can stand up and jump and shout and hallelujah all you want to, but if you don't keep your mind back, a worse thing can come upon you. And that was that was the only place I ever seen this in the scripture. Worse thing will come upon you. God's a restore. I'm gonna close to this. Y'all get ready to start. And the last one was Naaman. Naaman. Naaman went to the man of God and he expected him to come out. He brought his horses and helpers and all the money and all the changes of clothes and he was all excited and he showed up there and Elijah just sent a word out. Sent a word. Did you know you don't have to have a message in church. You don't have to have somebody come to your face and confront you about your issue. If you could just take the word When it's spoken, he'll apply it to your heart. You can be set free instantly, but you've got to be willing to embrace the restoration. See, he got mad. He said it wasn't fair. Could you imagine going hundreds of miles? He could have went home without his healing. He could have went home and been just the way he was when he came because he didn't like the methods that God chose to use. It's not about liking something or not. It's about getting to the bottom of it. And one thing about it, I wanna tell you this. I wanna to try to stay in here if you can. Pride is the number one factor. He thought everybody was gonna ooh and all over him because he came from another country. He was no different than you and I and he still had leprosy. And he went to, um, to the river. You've heard this maybe preaching, maybe I've said this before. After his buddies talked to him and got him to go down there and said, well, they'd ask you to do something great when you're done. And he said, well, yeah, but I'll just go down and do this simple little, this little act. Because he went down to the river and he began to go down. First time, second time. And that spot, maybe it's in his hand. He went under, looked under, and looked under until he came down the seventh time. When he came up the seventh time, I think instantly, because of his putting himself aside, restoration was his if he just believed it was his let me tell you something that goes along, goes along with restoration I've been restored I'm grateful for all God's done to, my, to my, me and my life but there'll be other people around that says things and, and try to discourage you you may think oh, how or whatever but they will but how important is it to you that your mind is restored? How important? It doesn't matter what anybody says, it's a gift from God. And his very nature is about getting our mindset back where it's supposed to be. Back where it's supposed to be. Now you may think, well, it's about 20 till. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's not really. But if you're here, no, you are here. And you need your mind restored. There's no place that you can, don't take a preacher to lay hands on you. All it takes is obedience and believing and accepting and knowing that I'm not going to go back to that old type of, of mentality and what everybody else has said about me or anybody else thinks about me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go up front and I'm going to get my mind started. Establish because I'm going to talk to the one who's restored. Job never thought he would have a double amount and he would have 10 more kids. And Joseph, when he was in prison, he never thought that he could be restored to a place of power. Even he remembered the dreams he had about the sheaves, they were bound down to him, they did. And what about the sun and the moon, his mother and father, and stars, his brothers? All these these things that were spoke to his heart when he was young, he didn't understand it, but they were there, they were promises. Then he'd go to the lame man, thirty years. Instead of sleeping on that seam right there, he just stayed 30 feet away. He wasn't too desperate to be healed. If you're here this morning, you need restoration. I don't care if it's the preacher's wife or the preacher. Okay, who else? else, It could be a board member. It could be every one of the board members and the wife. It doesn't matter. But there's things that's holding you back from being all that you need in God. I want you to bow your heads with me. I don't know why we bow our heads. I'm just going to ask you to come. I'm just going to ask you to come. It doesn't mean that there's something bad in your life. It just means that there's something that's holding you back. And something that keeps nagging at you, but God wants you absolutely free, and He wants your mind and your body completely restored. If you need restorations, come and find a place to pray.